Hello, I'm Chris Denton. And I'm Paul Monk. And we are a very British Christmas horror at Christmas for Christmas. Okay. <laughs> and, and this is the Christmas episode. <laughs> so, Paul, what are we going to be talking about tonight? Um, we are going to be continuing our tradition of covering a ghost story for Christmas uh, by talking about the 1973 adaptation of Lost Hearts. Yes, yes. And um, just to reiterate, it's Christmas. Yes. So, uh, yeah, 1973 Lost Hearts. So um, this was quite a big one. This is quite a big one. So what, what happened, uh, to, to briefly recap, is the documentary filmmaker Lawrence Gordon-Clark made in the stalls uh, of Barchester in 1971 as a uh, it was fiction but he did it in the documentary department and, and it was quite well received so the next the next year he made a warning to the curious and that was really well received that was a big hit so what happened of course is this upset everyone in the BBC so <laughs> um, because <laughs> they were like well this is a documentary you, you, you're making drama <laughs> you can't do this and so what happened was uh, Lawrence Gordon's, Gordon Clark was sent over to the drama department and, and he had to make um, all subsequent ghost stories for Christmas uh, under the BBC drama umbrella he had been the writer producer director of the first two but um, he, they gave him a drama producer Rosemary Hill, and um, she found other writers to to do the adaptions in future. And um, so Lost Hearts was adapted by uh, Robin Chapman, who's a jobbing scriptwriter. <laughs> right. <laughs> and um, but, but Lawrence Gordon-Clark did carry on uh, as the, the director, but only as the director from here on in. Um, so sorry, I thought I'd get that out of the way uh, early. Um, so apparently, um, Clark and Hill did get on. Okay, they, so, so 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 I don't think he felt particularly aggrieved, but but also I don't think there was a, an upside to this arrangement. There, there were no bigger budget or anything. It was the same budget. <laughs> um, so um, yeah, it was just I think he. It, it was, it, I mean, it's a classic case of being punished for success, I think. Um, but, you know, having said that, I think you'd be hard-pressed to say that there was any deterioration in quality of the finished product. Yeah. No, I'd agree with that. So, um, okay, so I stopped talking for a second, Paul. So, so... <laughs> yeah let, let me let me do that and and, and would you would you like to like uh, launch into what lost hearts is actually about okay so it's um i think it's the early 1800s um and a teenage boy or nearly teenage boy is being uh, brought somewhere by coach and he arrives at this this hall um where he meets his he's he's um an orphan which is important 
and he meets his elderly cousin, Mr. Abney, who uh, is a bit, a bit strange, but seems nice enough. And then it turns out that he's a bit obsessed with um, cutting out the hearts of young children in order to try and extend his life in some way. And there are ghosts of the previous children he's removed the hearts from. So there we go. That's that's a very, a very loose summary. Yeah, I think I think that's right. And I think the first thing I'll say about this is it's not set in Norfolk. So, no. so <laughs> as per the original Mr. James story, that um, they go up to Lincolnshire. They do. Um, and but you. Get, get some uh, beautiful countryside in the opening shots and you do indeed get the two ghost children that you referred to uh, they're seen very early on in the, in the field uh, i think they wave at wave, um, yeah. stephen the, uh, the the hero of the story yeah and yeah i mean yeah um and, and then um i think the first thing to say about the cast is that uh, Mr. Abney is played by an actor called Joseph O'Connor, I believe. Yeah. And he never gets uh, mentioned very much. He, I, I think with the ghost stories for Christmas in the classic era, they had some big showy performance performances by really big names. So yeah. people tend to go, oh, yeah, uh, Robert Hardy and Denham Elliott. And um, you might get uh, Michael Bryant mentioned and Peter Vaughan definitely. Um, but people don't often talk about Joseph o O'Connor. I think possibly he's nowadays not so well known. Or the, again, he, he was a he was a jobbing actor for for a long period. And I think if you look at his uh, Wikipedia page or his IMDb page, I think what it will focus on is that he was Mr. Brownlow in the musical Oliver. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, 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 yeah a different a different kind of role again <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah um but he's tremendously effective as mr abney i think is is, is joseph he is, yeah. Be because because you can see he's a little eccentric but he seems very friendly you can see that um you know stephen does genuinely like him and his um servants there's a uh there's a housekeeper and a butler or a footman or whatever it is um yeah and they they seem to respect him and have a like a friendly relationship with him and it, it transpires that um they think he's a great guy because he took in these he'd previously yeah. taken in these two other uh orphan children <laughs> and yeah. it wasn't his fault that they'd mysteriously gone missing <laughs> 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 well, it's just they just assume that the, the children have left or in the case of the girl has have been whipped away by gypsies. Yeah, I, I think basically um, Abney uses their kind of parochialism against them. So, so the, the, the first girl, uh, there's no evidence that she was a... Uh, like a, a traveler, I, I think, no. but but he 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 obviously because I think she's selling matches or something, isn't she? And, and yeah, and he, and he 
basically brings her home and says, why don't you live in my massive mansion? And she goes, yeah, that's great. But um, obviously what he's looking for in a predatory style is children with no um, people who aren't going to miss them. Yeah. So he's obviously got been friendly, realised that she doesn't have a, a, anyone she's close to, brought her in. And then he's, uh, after after these three weeks, he's murdered her um, to get a, a heart, which is some spell book he's got telling him he needs the hearts of innocence. And it's not uh, teenagers, you rightly say. They have to be, it has to be before they turn 12, I think. Yeah. I think that's the, 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 the rule. Um it's a, yeah, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it thirteen in the adaptation, but then um, twelve in the story? Well, the, the adaptation does change a couple of. Um, it's really loyal, but it does change a tiny, uh, a few, a few details. Um, but I, I think he does. Doesn't Abney make a big point about twelve next birthday in uh, at, the, at the beginning because. Um, he says, yeah. you're definitely 12. You're not mistaken about being 12 in your next oh, birthday. I can't, I can't remember. Maybe maybe I'm, I'm wrong, but I, I thought it was different. But um, I, I'll tell you what's different. Yeah. In, 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 oh, so you, I mean, you may be right, but I, I don't remember that. I remember him as being, I think he's, I think he's at, I think he's 11, but the problem is he never says he's 11. He always says he's 12 next birthday. Okay. So you, so 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 we hear okay he's twelve, but he's actually eleven. <laughs> so, um, that, that's that, that's how, the way I remember it anyway. And I, but I think also um, in the James story, his birthday is in is actually on September the eleventh, and, and and the climax happens in March to the, right. the story. So so he's like eleven and a half at, at the climax, Where, right. whereas. Um, The uh, in this adaption, it, it that's compressed. So his twelfth birthday is on Halloween. Yeah, and um, basically, um, the the I think the murder is planned for more or less just before he turns twelve. So also on yeah, Halloween. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess that <laughs> sounds a bit more dramatic. I suppose. Well, I, I mean, I I I find it really interesting because. There's that whole thing thing about this is a ghost story for Christmas, but yeah. but there's nothing Christmassy about ghost stories. It it should be Halloween, shouldn't it? And actually, yeah. they make the um they set the story at Halloween, but it's still <laughs> a ghost story for Christmas. And and of course, the, the I mean, it's not a mystery. The reason for this is because there's no tradition of marking Halloween at all in in, in Britain. Not. Uh, or if it was, it was lost for hundreds of years and then re-imported recently from uh, America. Yeah. But uh, so, so, so during the the seventies, no one would have cared about ha- Halloween. They, they they cared about bonfire night. Yeah, <laughs> but but they and then they knew it existed, but it wasn't marked. So the BBC wouldn't put out a ghost story special at Halloween, would they? They but 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 they might set a Christmas ghost story because you know yeah. chit chat club and all the Christmas traditions of. Um, telling ghost stories that we know about that M.I. James was such a big part of. So that, that's that's what we do. But I, I always think it's like, it, it is curious because there's nothing really intrinsically Christmassy about this. <laughs> it, and, and I think this whole, yeah. th- th- this whole like dilemma, this, this whole, um, uh, I, I'm going to say inconsistency reaches its apex with the Tim Burton film, The Nightmare Before Christmas. Anyway, <laughs> 
That's enough of that segue. <laughs> Where did that come from? <laughs> well, whenever whenever you combine Christmas and Halloween, that's what I think of. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's what a lot of people probably think of. So that's 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 where I'm always going to end up. <laughs> but then you could argue that none of these are particularly Christmassy, though. None of them are set at Christmas, are they? Particularly, or and none of them. It is. It's just the fact that it's a ghost story. Yeah, exactly. No, that's exactly right. And and yeah, I think that's part of the. I think that's part of my point. Um, that yeah. I mean, they're not usually set on halloween either but yeah no i just maybe it, maybe it's a a bit more of a significant sounding it's more of a date that perhaps people might have heard of yeah rather than I yeah mean, spring equinox or whatever it was well well ex- exactly and and of course it's obviously completely coincidental but the, the, the date's september 11th is now quite famous well, yeah. Um, anyway, um, maybe not an awful date to set a horror thing on now, but yeah. Um, yeah. Of course, back in the seventies, it was just a random day, and 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 obviously, location filming, and they filmed in the autumn. I think actually, yeah, uh, late November they filmed this. Um, so 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 it made sense if the whole thing is set in the exactly, autumn because it because it all looks pretty bleak and autumnal doesn't it yes and that um the the mist in that opening shot the mist uh at which they come through with the carriage um as the title cards go up and then the carriage emerges from the mist <coughs> that it was completely that i mean that was completely a real Lincolnshire mist it's not dry ice um and, and indeed when uh clark storyboarded it he wanted to do it at dawn with the sun and, right. and apparently he made everyone get up at four o'clock in the morning in order to capture the sunrise. <laughs> and then there wasn't one. <laughs> oh <dear. laughs> but but it, it's actually creepier this way. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, oh, there was a, another thing I wanted to say. Well, we talked about Joseph o- o- O'Connor, a great signature performance. Um, but the, the lead uh, Stephen, the junior lead, is played by an actor called Simon Gipps or Gips Kent, um, who who was very um, ubiquitous in the seventies as a child actor, and um, subsequently went on to work in the eighties as an adult actor. In fact, I understand he auditioned for the part of Adric. Oh, okay. <laughs> in the popular BBC TV science fiction drama Doctor Who, which you may have heard of. Um, vaguely yeah yeah <laughs> but but he died um yeah he died tragically in 1987 of a, uh, a morphine overdose yeah yeah um so so it's, yeah um that's that's very sad because he's yeah. he's very he's very very good in, in, in this when you put a lot of um uh, a lot of pressure on a child actor especially one who uh, is preteen or playing a preteen it's it's I mean, you're you're relying on you're you're relying on them, aren't you? Um, because because there's a lot of you know I'm not going to say Harry Potter, but but you know those kids in the Harry Potter films are terrible initially because they can't. <laughs> so, um, 
they learn i mean they learn to act as they go yeah. along but they're terrible at the start <laughs> <laughs> so yeah and that can you can really if you've got like uh, you can really destroy a show or, or a movie by having a child actor that can't act but so yeah uh, but 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 um gibbs kent or gibbs kent uh, he is great so you immediately accept him and it's fine yeah no he's, he's really good uh, the 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 ghost children are a bit hammier, aren't they? But they're gonna be, aren't they? With their the painted blue, yeah. with their the, their kind of um, Eartha kit fingernails that they've got, <laughs> and, and and obviously the makeup effects around their hearts, which are really really quite shocking. Actually, it really... it's quite gruesome, but it's also I, I I kind of went back and had another look at the bit where that that's revealed. Um, and I think they're right to kind of very briefly show it and cut away, which, um, which they which um, they do, mm. um, because I don't think it's a particularly uh, great prosthetic. You can kind of see where it's just kind of stuck to their <laughs> their sort of clothes or whatever, or stuck. You know, just you can see the seams on it. But that's only if you're you're an idiot who has a, a DVD copy that they can go and have a look at um, many many years in the future and, and pause and freeze frame and do all of those things, which obviously you know at the time of broadcast you wouldn't be able to do. So well, it's a perfectly uh, good. That's effect. absolutely right. And, and we're watching it now in a, a reasonable time, knowing what I'm going to see. Like I say, the I think the the child ghost actors overdo it a bit <laughs> and, um... maybe but but i I, th- I think they managed to be quite eerie as well with it in the, well, in the, well in i was a, gonna surreal, i agree with you and it's gone to say surreal. i first saw this um i i must have been i, I guess the it must have been the 90s because um on christmas eve every year one of these got repeated um i was which I like late at night on BBC two, which I thought was a fantastic tradition. I always looked out for them and, and I, and, and I saw a few of them. Um, and lost, lost hearts was, was one. I think the signalman I, I saw maybe, maybe, maybe one other as well. Um, yeah. cause, cause it was always the, the popular ones that they repeated. So it was, <laughs> um, and when I, when I saw that, I think my family had gone to bed. So I was on my own watching this, um, Late late at night, and and it was creepy as hell. It really was. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and I think the um the seventies filming it on uh, sixty millimeter film and stuff. Uh, I mean, so it doesn't look really glossy, but it, no. it really it really works for creepiness. It really so uh, yeah. like it it disguises a bit of the the effects, like you say, not not maybe the 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 missing heart the thing isn't like state of the art and maybe they are all just painted blue <laughs> but, but it's so it really is super super creepy and, and um this this is one of the most effective of the ghost stories for christmas and it still it still works like like, yeah. like you say i mean it, but for the full effects watch it on your own very late at night is <laughs> what I, th- I think i think with the with the ghost children they um, there, there's no no attempt to kind of 
I guess because they had zero budget, there's no attempt to kind of make them ghostly in the traditional sense. So they're quite sort of solid, but they just they just sort of there's just something about them that, that I just found a bit um sort of surreal and a bit 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 weird. Well, so uh, and, and they're, they're completely different depiction of ghosts, aren't they? Yeah. So, um, like you say, that they are completely solid. We know that they're corporeal because um, they scratch, they scratch the door, yeah. and and then um, obviously at the end they physically kill <laughs> Mister Abney, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> In revenge, um, but 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 also um, they're they're not. Uh, although they're haunting Stephen, they're not really. They're haunting Mister Abney and protecting Stephen. Yes. So, 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 so they're good characters. I mean, he's he's the monster. Yeah. They're they're good characters, and he his reaction to them is uh, like fantastic, and it's uh, straight out of James. Right. What is it? he he thinks that they're they're basically an annoying byproduct of his experiments. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <There. laughs> um so and because he he knows full well they're there and he doesn't care yeah <laughs> right because <laughs> like, like like you say he, he he figures if he gets three hearts he's going to be immortal and also exactly. have the power of flight and all sorts of yeah, things. yeah all kinds of weird things that he talks about um, the invisible was one of them wasn't it as well yeah um and, and if he has I mean, he doesn't mind being haunted by the ghosts of his victims. He just thinks uh, that that's just annoying. That's just something that we, what's he call them? Like the psychic portion of their being or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. And he, and he um, yeah. And they're literally uh, an irritation to him and he thinks they're nothing else. He don't, um, but, but he's always trying to um, cover up what's happening from his servants which is yeah. uh, this is a uniquely um one sort of pre first world war kind of thing where we we had uh, many hundreds of years we had rich people would have lots of servants wouldn't they and a number of servants and he's got he's relatively rich and he's got these these two and they like i said are completely not in on it um yeah. so 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 abney needs to keep from them the, the um the ghosts the existence of the ghosts because well, as far as they're concerned they um were ungrateful and ran away spurning yeah. his hospitality because of their foreignness basically because <laughs> <laughs> the second the, the the second child the boy giovanni he's italian and therefore yeah, you know <laughs> a foreigner exactly there, there, there's a um there's a good bit of that sort of illustrates it, I think, because um, Parks, who's the butler, he get he discovers the scratches on the on a on is it on one of the doors? Yeah, indeed. Um, which have been made by the ghost, but he accuses um, he accuses Stephen of doing it. Yeah, and uh, take takes him down to Mrs. Bunch, who um, is just a, a great kind of example of an Mr. James female character. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yes, and 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 they 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 take take him to miss. They're sort of 
take him to Mr. Abney and he he's uh, Parks is saying he should be whipped or whatever, you know, and saying he should be punished. And then he they get dismissed and Mr. Abney's sort of like, yeah, no, don't worry about it. It's fine. I know it wasn't you because he knows it's the 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 ghosts and and, and you know, but again, well that's right. And this has servants. the unfortunate effects of making Stephen trust him more. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I mean that, which is quite, it's quite clever. And uh, there was, a, there's another thing that they mentioned early on, and there's a shot to illustrate this. When the first uh, girl goes missing, um, Mrs. Bunsom says something like, "Right, put out he was. He had the men dredge the lake and everything." And yeah. then, so, so, so he's obviously putting on a show of concern. Yeah. <laughs> um. But but yeah, but really, it's all part of his, you know. Um, I mean, obviously, he's using his status in order to commit a, 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 to be a serial killer. I mean, that's yeah. that's that 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 that's what it is, and and they don't question him. Yeah, you know, it's the classic thing of he's he, he because he's rich, he's not mad, he's eccentric. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we, which was a cliche they said about the wealthy English, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, and so he 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 pretty much gets away completely unchallenged. So much so that having murdered, clearly murdered two <laughs> children, um, when when a relative, and I, I I wonder whether he really is a relative of yeah. Stevens. I, I I I because he, he he's obviously like he's in his. 70s, it's, 60s it's, or 70s. It's commented, isn't it, that he's quite elderly for a cousin and Mrs. Bunch says, oh, well, you know, cousins come in all, all types or whatever. And all, yep. Well, my personal yeah. view is that he's just, he, I mean, he's just found an orphan he, <laughs> and claimed, claimed um, uh, that, that he's the cousin in order to be able to um, take guardianship. Yeah. He's sort of like a uh, a 19th century Jimmy Savile, wasn't he? Well, I was, I was thinking it. There are parallels, aren't there? There, there really are, and, and it's interesting because uh, Lawrence Gordon Clark. So on the on the BFI uh, box set for this, that he, um, it's got some commentary from him, like an introduction right. from him, and and he says, um, I don't think it's about child abuse, and I don't think I would have made the film if I'd have thought it was about that. And I think it massively is about child abuse. <laughs> like, clearly, the, yeah. guy, the guy's, uh, I mean, a, a child murderer. And all right, his his motivation is different from what a, a real child murderer's motivation would be. Um, so, so he, I mean, Abney clearly is a, a sorcerer, so it's fantastical. Uh, yeah. Whereas, you know, like, Real child murderers. It's much. It's grim. It's yeah. Well, we. It's so it's different. But um, but but the kind of mechanism for it, uh, the way he goes about it, is basically like realistic. And and there's that really chilling uh scene because he's so friendly and nice, saying, "Oh, come to my room at midnight. I'll tell you." Yeah. Tune, uh, but just don't tell Mrs. Bunch. This must be all secret. Yeah, I mean, that's, and, and that's, that's. I mean, I mean, that's it. I mean, 
years ago I did a uh, a child protection course because I used to work at a school and um, that that just was one of the things that absolutely rings bells and flags up red flags everywhere is that whole the whole yeah that is our secret don't tell anybody absolutely absolutely and that is from the mr james story I it is yeah it's not uh, robin chapman never in, invented that Emma, i mean the some of it slightly altered but the the gist of it is yeah. absolutely in the the james um story so so did mr james know that, that it was about i mean he obviously knew it was about a child murderer but whether it, um but yeah did he know that it was basically uh, about uh, a, 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 like a, a child abuser, just 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 slightly masked. I mean, he probably did, but then you know, J.R.R. Tolkien always claimed that Lord of the Rings was not about the Second World War because it's got nothing to do with the Second World War. What are you talking yeah. about? When it's like, <laughs> you may think that, but your subconscious would disagree with you quite heavily. I fear, <laughs> as you've rewritten the Second World War with orcs and. like yeah so 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 um maybe for james it was completely self-conscious so yeah subconscious um and 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 for um lawrence gordon clark he was only obviously the director but he was like no it's not at all it's about magic it's about ghosts it's not not about that (laughs) yeah okay you believe what you want Well, I guess 70s television didn't really do subtext, I suppose. Well, <laughs> it's a Garth Marenghi. <laughs> that, that, it's the Garth Marenghi quote, which is, um, I know writers who use subtext and they're all cowards. Cowards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, but I, I think here it's, basically inarguable what what it's about and what kind of man abney is i mean what i love about that whole performance with him is that he initially he comes across quite he's quite funny yeah quite sort of darkly funny like when he's constantly dropping in questions about the boy's age and um and and that's kind of it's sort of a funny performance and it is quite it's sort of quite creepily darkly funny and then yeah. it becomes and then i think that makes that whole section where he forces him to drink the wine or whatever it is oh it's um, port isn't it port, port yeah, yeah. port's kind of wine isn't it yeah no it's um, yeah, fortified wine yeah. so so you've got yeah that bit where he's sort of forcing him to drink it is is that much more horrible because he's been playing this kind of dodgy, bumbling, silly man. Yeah, he does force him because he doesn't want to drink it because he's no. like like um, 12, just turned yeah. 12, just about turned 12, and obviously he doesn't want to drink or It's like 20% proof wine, that is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he more or less passes out. I mean, obviously we've seen Abney drug it as well, but, yeah. but, but he more or less passes out, doesn't he, like the moment he sips it? Yeah. <laughs> Um, and he would definitely be murdered. But Abney's getting ready to murder him when the ghosts step in and murder Abney instead. Or not? Yeah. Maybe murder's not the right word. Get their revenge on Abney instead. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, 
and, and then after that, there's a there's a funeral where um, so Stephen's there, isn't he? Uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, and I think people are, are, are like, oh, I, th- I think basically everyone there must know that what happened by then. I'm not sure it's a bit ambiguous, but otherwise, yeah. surely, sure, surely Stephen would would be the, you know, would I mean he he's the main suspect, surely if if if. Yeah. if if like Mrs. Bunch comes in and finds Abney's throat cut or, or whatever, she's not going to go, oh, ghost did it. She's going to go, this guy <laughs> right here, he did it. Yeah. So, 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 I mean, I know for the purposes of the story, it's over. Let's not go into how they explain the death. But at the same time, I, I think, I think Stephen's quite lucky not to be shipped off to Borstal or worse. <laughs> at the end I think the, um, yeah, I think that ending's a bit weird, isn't it? It, it doesn't. It's sort of a bit unnecessary, in a way. Yeah, I I, I agree. It's on. Unne- yeah, I agree. It's unnecessary. Um, but sometimes you just. It, it's almost like, just to let the impacts hit, because some, sometimes yeah. you maybe need a little bit of that. <laughs> yeah. yeah oh and and the um and you get the ch- the child the children ghosts the ghosts wave goodbye don't they they yeah, go to the funeral as well and they like um almost like a like a sixth sense moment where they've like they their their issues have been resolved so now they can pass on <laughs> yeah and it's sort of like a reverse of the beginning as well yeah this. yeah good point good point yeah so, yeah um so another thing that we should really talk about is the master stroke, which which completely taken from the short story, was that Giovanni plays the hurdy gurdy, yeah. which me- meant that um, Lawrence Gordon Clark went found the BBC Music Archive and uh, found some hurdy gurdy music, and then the the hurdy gurdy music plays at several points in the um, yeah. in this, and my goodness, it's it really creepy. adds a layer of absolute creepiness. Yeah. <laughs> and it, if I can uh, sort of find it, I'll, I'll add it onto the end of the episode just to creep everyone out. Yeah, yeah. What better way to start Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, so, so I think in talking about a previous um, subject, uh, the the BBC made um, they didn't tend to go for full orchestral scores. So um, and, and then I disparagingly used the phrase radiophonic workshop, but yeah. you know, kind of that elect, like keyboardy type stuff, um, because that can be really incongruous. I feel with like period things. Whereas, whereas here, I mean, and in, in the previous um, ghost stories as well. They they had to work around not having an orchestra in other ways. So yeah. Um, and 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 actually, it's BBC's got a big recorded music archive. So some 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 bits where there is music, it's just pre-recorded, not specially yeah. scored. But then but but then finding the hurdy gurdy stuff and then using that absolutely so in keeping with the whole vibe, the like you say, early nineteenth century vibe. Um, but also, yeah, and then really easy to do. Yeah, yeah. found it in a, and thought, oh yeah, we'll use that. <laughs> and it just adds to the uh, 
the creepiness of it. So I think it's the best. I mean, I think it's best remembered um, music from um, yeah. Ghostbusters of Christmas as well. It's the best best use of it. So uh, yeah. re- really, really, really good. Um, so I'm just looking at my list of what, anything else. I think I. Oh, I think I've gone straight through my list. I've just ran, <laughs> I've just run straight through it. Um, I, I think it might be quite interesting uh, just comparing it to the actual short story. Really similar, like like we said, yeah, yeah. date dates, times of year change, but but it's really um, it, it follows it really well. So I've sometimes, so like especially. Um, I complained about this on, on online the other day that the 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 recent adaption of the mezzo tint where with the new yeah. ending and it's <clears> like well it's good but it's not in the story at all and it's almost like um in, in that case Mark Gatiss had lost faith a little bit with the James story and so just put his own yeah. extra bit in it whereas whereas this is I think um maybe it's a bit more visual anyway the lots but it's just like this is a this is a good story we'll just we just need to get this on film and it'll work (laughs) i'm gonna gonna be a bit controversial and i i i don't really like the actual story and the the mr james story because i don't really think it's i think this does it much better uh, I think it kind of has, it builds up a bit more with the ghosts and more appearances of them. And I think the story's kind of, it it, it, it strikes me as though it's, it's quite sort of a bit matter of fact. There's not, an, there's, the ghosts don't really appear in it nearly as often or, and, and, and the, the whole, thing with Ab- abney's he's found found dead rather than um yeah i don't know it just does i don't think this, i don't think i like the story as much as i liked so the adaptation so, so um i mean there's subtle differences though aren't they because it, it, it never diverges very far at all from the story and what oh, we're no, talking about does, there no. about um um the way they the way the showdown is written is is different because yeah because like 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 you say it infers the ghost killed him and then you've got like a uh you you can read his book written statement thing haven't you that yeah yeah. which i think is uh i I think that's a masterpiece actually because i i love i love the um i love the bit where he 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 says something like um uh, so, so, because so, he knows it's murder, so he, he says, and you have to murder. Though that's libelous. That's yeah. a libelous term. And then, 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 and then he says something later. He says, "Oh, and then the victim." Although you, you shouldn't call them victims. <laughs> yeah, no, I did. I did like that. I just don't like that that fact that he's that's that's all told in in that way. I just didn't think that was very good and i didn't enjoy it as much as i have done reading his other stories so, so I've got, yeah okay so so actually um this this was an early one obviously i think this is from ghost stories of antiquary anyway but yeah. um so i think he wrote it in the 1890s but um 
in fact like 1891 around about then i think something something like that but but also he didn't initially want to include it in uh the collection um but the publisher said this is a bit thin we need some extra stories you got anything else <laughs> so, yeah. so, so okay. um so, so he actually added it in uh later i think um it is a bit different to yeah, I think he probably kept it back because it's more gruesome, but also maybe because he didn't think it worked as well, possibly. And yeah. so, so, you know, possibly he, he might have shared some of your reservations, potentially. I'm inferring that from his lack of including it originally. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I mean, the one, the one that I don't actually like is casting the runes. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> but when that's another one with a kind of a wizard type figure and then he you know but um so so yeah i don't find that creepy i just find that silly <laughs> yeah maybe, maybe it is to do with that maybe it's when he writes stories about sorcerism and alchemists um yeah maybe yeah, the stories maybe... work better when it's he's when it's the protagonist of the story coming up against something rather than you know something supernatural or, or weird or demonic well, maybe well, those I mean, ones uh, work better than, than than this type so and i guess i guess in lost hearts like in uh, casting the runes the antagonist is a human uh yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So, so 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 and then the and then the like you have like a essentially benign ghost in 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 this yeah, I, 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 yeah. benign towards Stephen, i guess i mean uh, yeah um yeah and, and casting the runes is nothing like a ghost is there there's well there's a demon there's a demon in it yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> hence hence the, the 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 film being called night of the demon yeah <laughs> <laughs> but then but then that 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 demon isn't isn't an antagonist it's a weapon isn't it <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah yeah um yeah so yeah um i mean i do disagree with you i do think it's a great story but i i do un also understand why you, why you might not like it do you like i mean you, you do like this adaption that you said you do actually enjoy yeah this. The, the 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 adaptation's great so, so I think. So, so, so I think you're right. There's, there's a good story, but I don't really like the way it's written. So, so, and and sometimes that's the best thing, isn't it? If you, if you, if you can um, uh, adapt something, it's very subtly changed, very because it's it's really quite loyal. I would not, I, um, I would not not take it, but 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 it's done in a way that it completely translates to yeah. the t tv medium and then also yeah um, <laughs> i'm not i'm not saying that it doesn't it isn't faithful to the, to the story it's i mean there's there's i'd say about 80 or 90 percent of it's yeah lifted from that it's just that it yeah it, it's just been translated into television much 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 better way and, and of course um in tv you get show not tell yeah and, and and this is kind of a masterpiece for show not tell yeah. isn't it where, where, whereas uh but james's style wasn't that <laughs> he he tended to 
he, he I, mean, I mean he he would rather he would like to uh, not show so he dramatized bits of it but it was always yeah. some um it, it, it was always some academic relaying a story so he'd always it, it would always it? draw you out of it um and, and also he 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 wanted to not be too explicit about what the horror was in order to yeah. leave bits to your, your imagination <laughs> which which works with a ghost doesn't work when it's a jimmy savile yeah <laughs> but but it's really hard i mean where where do you think lost heart sits if you was to ignore ignore all the modern ones so look yeah. at the look at the essentially the lawrence gordon clark ones where do you think lost heart sits is it the best is it top it's, it's not the best uh, i think warning to the curious is it's the best one um i think stalls of barchester is good as well so i think i think it's quite interesting because I, I would say these these three are the the strongest and actually they were the first three that were made weren't they so well exactly exactly and i, I, I think i agree that I think the warning to uh, warning to the curious is the the most is the best made. It's the most cinematic. It's the probably the the most true to um, Clark's vision, <laughs> and um, so I think the stalls at Barchester is uh, I enjoy it. Um, I think Robert Hardy does a lot of work <laughs> in, in 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 that one. Um, I love. Um, the um the treasure of abbot thomas oh yeah yeah that's because I, I, I like the detect there's that's kind of like got supernatural detective elements to it yeah, yeah, yeah. i really enjoy that so that's probably the one i that's probably the one i enjoy the most yeah um, the, the ash tree which is not many people's favorite but i i, I find that the most horrifying because those those spider baby creatures are nasty <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're a nasty idea, and they're pretty well um, executed. Um, and do you know the one that every that that is considered by many people to be the best is the signalman. Yeah. Uh, so, um, and and that is great. Yeah, I do like that as well. That is um, so so, but obviously not Mr. James. And I I listened to uh, a radio interview <coughs> with Clark. Um, so recorded in 2020, so I think he's still he's still going strong, or he was until relatively recently. So he's still alive. Um, and, but but in in that radio interview, um, he he said that he thinks he, the Signalman is the best one because Charles Dickens was a better writer than M.R. James. So okay, uh, and of course, well, I, I I think many people would agree with that part. Of the statement but i don't yeah. know that the signalman is the best one no. i really like it like like i say but but i think that like you warning to the curious is the best made and um the one i enjoy the most is the the treasure of abbott thomas which is probably yeah. unique to me but it is the one i enjoy the most uh, but however uh the the one that i think is the scariest is lost hearts yeah, that's, that's the one that genuinely scared me when I when I saw it um, when I was a bit younger. <laughs> and 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 the the way the way it works with the kind of old fashioned, but um, old fashioned in the nineties it was, I mean more old fashioned now. But that the the way that that 
distance just makes it more effective and that will work forever. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I think it gives it an advantage over the contemporary ghost stories, for instance, that they're, they're a bit too familiar because, um, you know, you know the actors and the you, the, the digital. Um, there's, there's something about filming on digital. Um, that, like, okay, so it's it looks very nice, but you can it it looks modern. It doesn't. It, it doesn't evoke in the same way as 60 millimeter film does the kind yeah, of yeah. The peri- the, it, the it all looks all looks too clean yeah and too yeah. crisp yeah I, I i i think absolutely that uh, absolutely the case so for, for me i think lost lost hearts that is um probably the the apex of the creepiness um yeah whereas Warning to the Curious was really I mean, we did an episode about that a few years ago now, but we did, didn't we? And um, yeah. that's you you can sort of really see that uh Clarence Gordon Clark was going for a kind of Hitchcock does uh ghost story kind of thing. And it was really <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So um anything else you'd like to cover? Um I don't think so. No, I think. I think Great. Um, so there was, um, there was, there was one one thing, wasn't wasn't there? Because we've been very active on social media, yeah. And um, you found uh, one some one of our uh, one of our followers uh, offered off, offered up some Christmas horror music. Yeah. So um, that was Sam Haynes, who is on Twitter at Sam Haynes thirty one, um, and. You will have heard the uh, his version of Merry Christmas at the start of this, which um, I think is quite quite good and quite creepy. And he's got a whole album of uh, creepy Christmas music, which you can find at his uh, site, which is Sam Haynes One uh, about bank dot um, and I will put that link in the show notes because I actually. Uh, didn't say that particularly well so <laughs> but yeah go and, go, and, go and check his stuff out well and i i i love that i i i, I love you know that the whole the whole because we like i said we, we we've been quite active getting a good response but when when someone comes back to us and says here's this cool thing what do you think and we think yeah yeah that's great can we have it can we use it please yeah <laughs> i think that's that's really awesome <laughs> so that thanks sam <laughs> but, but but of course um what if you want to check out our social media pool how would we do that so you can do that by going on to uh facebook if you search for a very british horror you should find our page there uh on twitter at very brit horror dot uh, not dot com talking rubbish now <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yes let's start there again so on twitter we're at very brit horror and you can email us at a very British horror at gmail.com. And, yeah, and do definitely. check out both the Facebook page and the Twitter page because uh, we each do different things on, on those. We um, do. But yeah. don't bother looking for us on Mastodon. No. Yet. I, 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 as of December 2022, at least. Yeah. The other thing I just wanted to quick mention as well, if you like uh, your, your MR James, um, they should be going out the morning of Christmas Eve. 
so you will have already watched the Mark Gatiss adaptation, which um, Count Magnus was probably good. Um, uh, but tonight, I don't remember the exact time, uh, but Robert um, Lloyd Parry is doing his um, uh, he's doing the tr- the Treasure of Albert Thomas huh. um, performance uh, on the internet. So if you go to um, I can't remember the website, but Nunky Productions, go and search up, find find their website, and you'll see a link in the events part of that, and you can sign up. I'm sure there's still spaces. It's a, a pay whatever you want type of situation. Pay what so, you can. Yeah. So go and uh, support support Robert and uh, and and go and watch his performance. It, it's very good. So. Uh... Absolutely, and we, we interviewed him, of course, um, a while back. And uh, I always love his uh, his performances, not readings, performances yeah. of, of these of these stories. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> but one thing I'd add to, I think, was an important reminder there, Paul, or notification, is that um, you don't have to watch it live. So he does it on no. YouTube, and you can watch it live, but. You can, if you um, if if you, if you ask him, um, you can get the playback, and I've done that. I've done that before. But but what you can't do is watch it for free. No, we're we're just quite right. Yeah, it's worth supporting Robert. He because he he's obviously um, gone really deep into the psyche of Mr. Jameson, yeah. <laughs> and he's memorized the whole of the ghost stories of the antiquary. Which is, which I mean, no, I don't think anyone's ever done that before. Well, I don't think an actor has ever done that for the purposes of performance, <laughs> at least. <laughs> okay, well, I just want to, Paul, I, I want to wish you a Merry Christmas and then to all of you at home, Merry Christmas. Likewise. Happy Christmas and a Merry New Year. Oh, I wanted to say it that way around. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, until next time, I've been Chris Christmas Denton. And I've been Paul Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer Monk. <laughs> Good Bye. night. <laughs>